my recommendations for places to go if that's the area you want to fly directly to. But I would pick next next year, maybe. Fingers crossed. But you know what's this year? Sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine podcast with Griff and Tony. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's another episode of the Beer Engine podcast. It's Griff. Uh, Another perfect uh, week of... uh, uh, American life going on here. Uh, really going about the same as almost every other week before it, which is super fucked. Uh, Tony, I am on the Golden Visas site right now. We were talking a little bit about this before uh, we got on. And Tony, I'm going to give you a list to of some of the countries I could move to uh, with appropriate investment. Are you ready? Okay, I am ready. All right, so let's let's start with Portugal. Portugal, I would have to invest, um, it sounds like, at the very least, 350,000 euro. Tony, I do not have uh, 350,000 euro currently readily available to me. So that's one that we are going to have to sit on. Um, How about this one? How about, so Portugal sounds nice, but maybe not going to happen. Uh, why don't we try Ireland? What do you think about Ireland, Tony? Um, pretty poor record as far as um, like a country that is sort of an un- under the umbrella of the UK, um, mm-hmm. fairly religious country. Not kind of your mm-hmm. cup of tea, but perhaps you want to take a shot if it's cheap enough. I, I believe it's easier to get a, um, an abortion there than it is in the US, oddly enough, but um, this that, one I would have to de- demonstrate a minimum net worth of about two million, uh, two million euro, Tony. Two million euro, okay, a little expensive, yeah. but you are correct. Um, it's it's completely flipped around um, within the past two years, and you are absolutely correct that it's it's, and I think that's specifically um, in regards to Northern Ireland and not Ireland itself. I'm not sure whether you're talking about Northern Ireland or Ireland. Um, yeah, that was just regular Ireland. It okay. was Ireland un, unassociated, no unassociated longer associated with, with the, the UK, with the Queen, with the Queen or yep. any of her, you know, bullshit. See, this is the one I like, Tony. This is Saint Lucia. Um, Saint Lucia, you get you're you're essentially in the uh, the Schengen zone, I believe is what you would call it, um, which is the travel sort of visa free zone. Um, you would get a uh, and this one, only a hundred K donation and a purchase of a piece of $300,000 real estate, which I think would get you something actually pretty nice in St. Lucia. And honestly, that's cheaper than anything I can buy in Vegas. So, uh, I, I think, um, you know, I'd have to dig up a hundred G's, but, uh, you know, if I can get a mortgage, I think I could, I think I could pull that off. I'm, I'm sure you could, but you're a long way from nowhere in St. Lucia. Like, you're down below um, Puerto Rico at that point. And do you really want to be in the Caribbean Sea with 
global warming going the way it is. I know there's no oh, place yeah. on Earth that's really safe, but these island countries, while they sound great on the surface, um, you're going to have to buy somewhere in the mountains and you're probably going to have to share that land with a drug king, kingpin of some sort. I don't another. know if there, there might be drug kingpins down there. I don't know. It feels like they're pretty much everywhere at this point. Oh, All right, how about Germany? I can go to the, I can go to my home my my homeland. Great beer. Um, this one, the total capital outlaw, outlay, including all fees, three hundred sixty thousand. I'm gonna need I'm gonna need a loan for that one. The but only I problem I, I see with that is you know how we're seeing an uptick in the um, ultra right wing parties. Mm-hmm. The last place that that really took <laughs> hold effectively was in Germany. I'm a bit worried for you, dude. Yeah, maybe it wouldn't be good either. And uh, the last one that kind of made me think at least was Greece. Uh, Greece has some financial issues, as is my understanding. This is true. The the places look great. The apartments and the uh, rentals and the uh, condos and shit look awesome. 250,000 euro, it's still going to be a little tricky for me to get my hands on, but... But you could live um, off Suvlaki's. Like, you want to talk about I would, live, I would easily live off um, meat off of a spit and Suvlaki and um, what's this, uh, Spanakopita oh. and uh, uh, what's some other, what's some of them other uh, things? We talked about Moussaka on here, yeah, which that apparently sucks everybody hates. Yeah, right, yeah. Um, <laughs> there's some other good shit there yeah. and you're not in the... Isn't there some good, there's some Cypriot food I think is also good that you probably get your hands on. All right. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's some of the things I'm studying uh, as a, uh, uh, cause I'm a coward. I'm not, I don't really like my chances of making any meaningful change here. So I kind of just thinking I'll just dip, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I find you, you're thinking defeatist in mm-hmm. regards to where I live. We occasionally get people in that will shake things up. Um, sure. And we'll actually make change. And they're often from the places you don't expect because we had what at the time was the world's largest mass shooting at Port, Port Arthur. Sure. The, the government that took action was a government that I oppose for the most part as far as a lot of their policies. And it was the Conservative government at the time took action to ban semi-automatic and fully automatic guns. And and that just sort of shows the difference between our two systems. And and I can understand your despair, but I live in a country where it's despair most of the time, but at least we get that 5 to 10% of action that makes a difference. We're certainly not getting it on climate change right now, but on things like yeah, guns and gun violence, yeah. we have made a change there. Hey, my dad lives in Florida. I, I don't know how. I, America's I mean, most I, fucked up state. And, uh, yeah, well, and think uh, climate change is about to, Hit that one in a big way, coming for it in a big new way. You Fingers know, crossed. Aren't you excited for that? type of shit going on there. What's that? Am I, I excited for it? Yeah. Well, I'm going to need another guest room. I, I don't really think I'm looking to, I'm not looking for it to take out my, my, uh, my parent, but, um. But what about Ron DeSantis? I, uh, if it took out just him, that's got to be it a would, plus. You know what would be good is if, if we could get out ahead of it and I could just get my dad out here in Vegas and then I don't have to go to Florida anymore, which is actually cool. Um, uh, just get him into Boulder City, kind of the right. I think that'd be right. Um, 
Yeah, things good here. No problems. Uh, um, you know, whatever. Tony, how about you? You just had a big election. How was how was your voting experience? Did you get your ass in the booth and everything? And all of that course, shit? I did because we you in Australia, to. like sometimes you've got to use the kiss method. Keep it simple, stupid. We use paper ballots everywhere. We have a national voting system. Fuck states' rights. Just get it fucking right. So when yep. Clive Palmer and Pauline Hanson try to say the paper ballots were rigged, it doesn't really work. There's no counting machines. Our votes are counted manually. I, I had to, I had to do paper ballots still in, in Illinois. I don't know what it's going to be here. But. But, but that's kind of my point. Illinois, it probably works fine, and that's why Trump didn't hold it up. The only... A lot of the states he picked up on were states that were using um, complex systems that old people don't understand. But we're only voting for two things. We're only voting for our lower house and our Senate. Mm -hmm. Um, Our lower house in my area, we had six people, ranked choice voting, one through six. Fairly simple. Our upper house... How many get through? Is it just one? One one gets through, but it goes on. One one ends up the winner. Okay, so it's not like you rank six of them and they take the top three or anything. No, what happens is it's it's a runoff system with rank choice. So if if somebody gets fifty percent of the vote, they automatically get the seat. But if they get under fifty percent of the vote, the preferences get distributed after that. Your rankings get distributed through the remainder, and a person gets knocked out at each point. Um, So that's how the lower house works. Um, and it works relatively well. The upper house, um, you label either six because it's split into above the line and below the line. Um, above <laughs> the line is just you're just picking parties and below the line you're picking individual candidates. That was a huge piece of paper. I, I struggled to find six parties to support, but the Marijuana Party <laughs> and the Freedom Party, which is... There is oh, just a Marijuana Party, that's it? Yep. They, they only one 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 platform. They they one, got my pre- one, one issue voters. They got my preferences. But what that does allow is, um, it allows me to be able to throw my my lower house because the nationals aren't going to get unseated here because they're the conservative party that stands for the the farmers. So I throw that vote away. I vote for whoever I want. I don't vote for them. But I know that one's probably going in the trash. He's going to get his fifty percent. No problem. But in the upper house, it allows me to vote green, and it actually stands for something, which yeah. is I uh, vote green too, which doesn't do you do me much good. I know, but this is the advantage of having a system like ours, where where that actually matters. And we actually had a change in government. Scomo got the ass. The liberals, the liberals, which are the conservative group um, right. in Australia, well, the conservative out of the two major parties, they got their ass handed to them, and. It looks like Labor will be able to form. They're within a hair of forming a majority government. If not, they'll be able to work with the Greens and the crossbenchers to form a government very easily. So that's Same. great. We Same can actually show with a Labor government, by the way, just if you're wondering. So, <laughs> so <laughs> that that that's really good. But the most exciting part was the right wing parties tore themselves apart. The Liberal Party lost a lot of their vote to independent um, Teal senators. So they're um, socially conservative people that support the environment. So they took a lot of the Liberal vote. And then we had the fringe parties of Pauline Hanson, which is the kidnapper. 
Um, oh, but, that's right. The, the kidnapper. I remember him. And um, Clive Palmer. They got more votes throughout Australia than ever before, but they got less seats in the seats that matters and they don't, they look like losing ground within Australia. And Clive Palmer oh, yeah. spent $100 million and got 1.5% of the vote. Fuck all. Yeah. yeah. He, he, he had more advertising in Australia than any, any other candidate any other party other yeah. than the two majors. He pumped a huge amount of money in to get 1.5% of the vote. Um, he's a con man, he's a sleazeball, and it was great mm-hmm. to see him waste money. He, he, he models himself on Trump and comes up with these unrealistic um, policies, um, and it was great to see him fail. That's great. I love that. I love when people fail. That's, the, that's some of the most fun parts. And sometimes yep. you have to vote for someone that you don't like just to see someone uh, careen off of the fucking cliff, but sometimes it's kind of funny. Well, I, um, I don't necessarily think yeah. that's a bad thing. Like, I would rather vote for the less evil person than just yeah. throw up my hands and say, whoa, I, d- I can't vote for anybody. No, I'd That's ra- true. I'm going to have to do it. I have to go vote yeah. in a primary in about three weeks. So, Like, if, uh, if I had a choice cool. between George W. Bush and Hitler... I'm voting for George W. Bush. They're, mm. they're line ball, but hey, that's the way I have to go. I don't agree with much of what George Bush, Bush um, stands for, but at least he wasn't as, as effective at engaging the whole world in war as Hitler. Mm. Interesting, <laughs> interesting uh, proposition you got there. Anyways... Uh, <laughs> I, I don't I you know what it's gonna be easier for me. I don't have to deal with any Hitler. Um, don't you? there is a there is a fellow named David Grog running, which I just laugh at every time his his ad plays about every eight seconds and he's he's named David Grog. And I think about Grog, which is the hot wine drink, and I'm like, mm, I'd go for some of that. And uh it's a it's a video of him walking up like a little hill at Red Rock and then saying that he went to law school with Obama. And, and he hated him or something or other. And I'm like, ah, that's cool. Um, <laughs> it's whatever. And then every sign up right now, you can tell who they are just by their picture. They're like, oh, here's yeah. this broad with the blonde hair that's like really puffy. So we know what that is. And then, you know, here's, here's some sort of schlubby looking guy. Oh, that's the progressive. I see. Okay. And it's just, it's easy to tell who everybody is. So. In the end, I think we just have to go with the governor, um, the current governor of Nevada, who will probably win, I think, because he's running against the, the Republican primaries, like nine of the biggest fucking lunatics in history. Um, so that's really he should he should have an easy run to it unless things really get hit, go haywire here. So we'll see. Um, yep. So but anyways, I got I got to do that. So I think both our Senate, I think at least one of our senators is, is up too. so. So. Now, I know you're new to the uh, Nevada um, voting area. How does it compare to Chicago? Is it crazy or is it less crazy? Do people give a fuck or don't give a fuck? Or what's the sort of vibe compared to where you are, were in the Midwest? Uh, I, 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 this is a swing state, so I think it's a little more active. Um, I don't think it's a swing state as much anymore. Uh, it used to be. Um, and there used to be the whole caucus thing, right, where you had to go and, like, stand in the room or whatever the fuck. So dumb. Um, yeah, not, don't do that anymore. 
Um, I think the I think the Republican people are crazier. Maybe I think I think because they can be. So I think I think there's some there's I, I think it's less of a uh, what's that sort of your traditional businessman Republican and more of your sort of yeehaw type Republican <laughs> out here. Um, or or there's the guys who are kind of the older school. Um, libertarian types and some of that's mixed in there too. So sort of your Ron Paul aliens, yep. uh, ancient aliens type of guys. If you're familiar with that kind some, of combo. Some Joey Gilbert of kind of guys. <laughs> yeah, we got, yeah, there's the Joey Gilbert. I saw his bus rolling around yesterday. He looks normal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then we got Joe Lombardo. We got the sheriff. Um, he's done a great job of whatever it is cops do, uh, which doesn't seem to be too much these days. Uh, and, uh, there's some, um, I think that Michelle Fiore lady has tried to, is trying to run for now a third different thing. Hasn't she, she already withdrawn? She gave up at governor and now she's trying for treasurer. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> really don't know. Um, I don't think she knows anything about it, about economics or finance. So I don't know. That might be a problem for her. Uh, yeah, it's fucked up. I got to study up a little bit. I don't, you know, I, I tend to, yeah, I think we were talking about the difference between you and I, I tend to try to make sure I make just good decisions on some of the lower, um, lower seats and stuff. Cause we have like, you know, we have the state house and all that shit yep. and we tend to have more progressive power in Nevada and some of that stuff. Whereas I think we are more old school establishment Democrats control the higher, the demo, the governorship and the, Senate and all that stuff. Um, so I tend, I, and the city council has a lot of power in this area. So uh, I tend to try to keep my eyes on those. So I'll be uh, trying to figure out who these motherfucking people are, <laughs> I think is really what I'll be doing for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. It, it's, really kind of, know. It, it's sort of two different approaches to government in the fact that our governments tend to be um, much more powerful on a national and state level. Um, yet when we get into things like local government or things that affect policy at a local level, that is often sort of more appointment-based than it is local electives. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, we do have local councils and they do affect things like ordinance and stuff like that, but things like judges I'm looking at, we don't elect judges, we don't elect sheriffs. Those are all... Um, sort of bureaucratic appointments where you, you need sort sure. of a consensus pick and and I'm not talking appointments that are filibustered but things that go to reasonable committees and that, that are appointments for reasonable lengths of time with backstops right. in place for if you're a horrible police commissioner, you'll get outed or if you're a horrible judge, you will... It's not a lifetime appointment. It's not like you, sure. you are the in the US where you're enough. elected for a term... And whatever that term is, there's basically nothing you can do to get out of it. That doesn't happen here, and that's a that's a huge difference in how uh, the political system runs. I'm not saying one's better than the other, although I do think ours is. Mm, <laughs> uh, I don't think this one's going too great. No, uh, it's work, working as expected, but, but it's not. I don't yeah, really like that. Uh, so I would throw out. I'm a one issue voter for this election coming up Tony uh, I all I care about is when they're going to reopen the Fiesta Henderson so Ooh. I need someone in the city council here to put some pressure on station to make a decision about the Fiesta Henderson because it's the closest casino to downtown Henderson it's right down the street from me 
and I would like to not go to the Sunset Station anymore. I would rather go to the Fiesta Henderson. So let's get the Fiesta Henderson reopened. That's I need to elect whoever will help us do that. <laughs> so I am prepared. I am prepared to self-immolate for the Fiesta Henderson. Let's well, go. Uh, Fred J. Simon, get on him, or or Doc Walls, get on him, or, mm. or Amber Whiteley. I, I think those are the people that you need to put pressure on. All right, to, I'll start writing letters. You know, we need we need the crazy rich Asian slots closer, and we need him at the Fiesta Henderson. If we don't get him soon, then we're in big trouble. Um, all right, Tony, that's enough. Poly- we're, we're like we're not the motherfucking Chapo Chapo Trap House over here. Uh, <laughs> it's it's time to move on to some even even something we're even less capable of talking about. How about the National Basketball Association? Tony, conference finals are competitive, but every game is ass. Uh, it's stupid. <laughs> but we knew this was going to happen. What did we say? The early rounds is where you're going to see great matchups, and and we did. Um, the well, it's funny because the the, uh, the the Boston Miami series is a competitive series, but every yep. game seems to be decided by 25 points. Yeah, and it's and it's uh, going that right way right now. Where um, four minutes 59 seconds to go in the fourth quarter, and uh, Boston are ahead by 18, so that is looking like um, they're going to take the uh, 3-2 lead in that series, unlike the Jeez. other series where it's going to be a gentleman sweep in the Warriors mm-hmm. in, in five by the look of it. Yeah, it's true. I think the Warriors are going to wrap things up. What's that, tomorrow probably? Um, uh, yeah, tomorrow, 11 a.m. Australian time. Uh, Sure. Yeah. Uh, so that'll be, yeah, that, that's been, int- it's been interesting not to watch, but to, as a gambling yeah. exercise and sort of fascinating. Um, should we, should we just keep betting on a huge defeat? I mean, we could, you could just bet those, like we could, we could just push the point number and bet <laughs> both sides of it. Like that, uh, either Boston will win by 15 or Miami will win by 15. I should just do that tomorrow or uh, ne- whatever the next game is. <laughs> Friday. Well, I'll leave the gambling to you. I, I don't bet basketball. Tim Donaghy, he's a um, <laughs> that's 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 a moral story right there. Scott, Scott Foster. Now he <laughs> feels like he has can fucking control of any game he's in. Yeah, yeah. But out of the four teams that are currently in the conference finals, who is the most exciting for you to watch, and which is the most um, surprising out of those? those teams? Uh, you know, I, I was kind of surprised that Dallas got this far. Um, they were sort of, they were iffy all year. It felt like, um, so good for them. Uh, I like watching Luca too. He, he's, he's just a, he's just a fascinating guy to watch. Um, who's the most exciting boy. I, I, I wish Boston wasn't winning cause I like Miami. Yep. Um, I hate watching Boston, dude. I just don't like. I don't like people from Boston. I guess I don't know. Whatever. Um, so that's that. I'm. I mean, Tatum's playing great, so that's cool. But I like Miami. I like Jimmy. You know, I got an affinity for Jimmy from yep. his Bulls days. So I would say Miami would be my favorite team if they were gonna if they were gonna make a run. That would be that would be my favorite one. I don't care for Golden State. I'm kind of over Golden State. I'm sick of everybody heaping praise on Draymond for his like for like three and three points and eight assists or three point and eight rebounds, and you're like, oh wow, 
he's a hero though, and he's he's he does stuff that doesn't appear on the stat sheet. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> See, this is I where just, I differ from you. Watching him is- shoot a three pointer is like, it's like an ordeal. Um, I mean, I know he does stuff that yeah. I know he does. Yeah, I, but I, I just I don't I, for forty minutes to get a three 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 and seven, and you're like, all right, whatever, you know. But I I I really appreciate that, and it's it's perhaps it's for the same reason everybody else does being pretty average basketballers in their own personal life. But I feel like I could do some of those things at a much 1% level that that Draymond does. And it's about just knowing where your teammates are and being willing to sacrifice. Just the ability to box out, and I don't just mean hold space. It's about knowing where your teammates are. And it's about not allowing the ball to stick and moving the ball at the right times, not just moving it at speed all the time. Yeah. And those are things that are underrated. And I think if it was a point guard... You can say, oh, yeah, we see it. We see that as a sure. great stat sheet. But because he plays power forward or centre a lot of the time, every everybody sort of thinks that there I should be more right. points. It's like it's like I mean, Rondo, but without any of the drama. It's weird to say this because he's in the Hall of Fame, but uh, I always thought Rodman did a lot of this stuff really well, and he Absolutely. mostly just got shit, shit for his yeah. whole career. Yep. And uh, But he, he usually gave you the... the 19 boards though, too. You know, even at the end of his career, he was still, he was still huffing down the 15 to 18 rebounds, you know? Um, now he, he had a gift or something, you know, he was a lunatic, but yeah. Um, and still is a lunatic in fact, but, but so Draymond he, his is- offensive game was essentially what Draymond's offensive game yeah. is, which is he's the guy who makes the pass three passes before the assist. And you as a Bulls I mean? fan, does that fucking matters? Playing the triangle oh, of offense, but he also had a, a statistically a historical statistic, uh, a statistically relevant career. You know, um, now only in one Draymond area. is ult- ultimately a better offensive player than Rodman ever was because there was a point where Draymond could shoot. I believe, if I recall, a but brief so period. Could, there. So could Rodman when he was in Detroit. Yeah. He, he, he was averaging. Like yeah, he was scoring seven, eight to ten a game. Yeah. They weren't huge numbers, but but he decided to focus down and have his niche and so did so did Draymond. And I I think they're very comparable. I, I like the comparison that you've made there. Yeah, they were similar. And, and the, the other ability- guy was uh now he was a much better offensive player, but Noah. Noah was a was a really was a good offensive player. Um, See, I thought you were going to say Luke Longley. Um, Luke Longley, who had a move. He he, he had a move, offense, couple of moves. He had a yeah. he had well, his game. You want to talk about a big man that's made for today's league? Like he's not going to score a bunch of points because he didn't have an outside shot. But that that center that can move the ball, and that's where he and yeah. Rodman worked really well, being the two posts in the triangle. Um, it it really made that stuff click for the yeah that good court vision. Yeah, you know that was. That was the thing you needed. And that's the thing with Draymond is his ability to open up the paint is, I think, a lot of what people rightfully rave about because for a guy that doesn't really have a shot, he does a great job of expanding the paint, unlike, say, a Ben Simmons, uh, who are both physically limited in their ability to score the ball. The way Simmons has been used. You will never forgive Ben Simmons. But he contracts the paint where Draymond finds a way to expand 
the spice Ben Simmons, Australia's greatest traitor. Well, no, I don't, I don't have a, him for what he's done. I don't have a problem with, with Ben, but I was just saying, as far as uh, sure. players that don't focus on scoring the ball primarily, Ben is a far better yep. passer. He, he's not so yep. much that hockey assist guy. He's the assist guy. But when Ten, it comes to half court sets. Um, Half-court sets, Draymond does a better ability to keep the paint open than, say, Simmons, who, because he's being used in the dunker spot, um, contracts the paint sure. and you get another big man in there who, who clogs the paint and it becomes fucking chaos is, and is, tight. Is Golden State going to run away with this thing? I've, I think they going to win the finals? Yeah, yeah I, I think they are. When you look at how they match up against the other three teams that are left, I don't see... A team that can that can actually match them in the areas that matter over a seven game series. Yes, I mean neither. Celtics or or Heat, whoever gets through out of that series, may take two games off them, but I think it's going to be done in done in six uh, maximum yeah. because the the efficiency that Golden State have on both ends of the floor is is kind of amazing, and they've been. Been sort of this machine of not perfection, but they're just a well-oiled machine that kind of like the That's Bulls true. were in their peak, where it wasn't about spectacular results that Golden State were a few years ago, even in the playoffs. They're just going to grind out a win by 20 points, but Clay's not going to put up 40, Steph's not going to put up 60. It, everybody's just going to do their role. Sometimes that's Steph putting up 35. Sometimes that's Clay putting up 35. But there's so many other bit players. Um, and bit players Steph's that you'll forget about. Steph's going to put up 60 in game one. Steph's going to put up 60 in game one, and we're going to rub your face in it. Seems okay, funny. you bet that line. Uh, <laughs> you bet that line. Uh, Tony, why don't we talk a little bit about beer? Uh, I had some good beer stuff this week. Some fun beer stuff happened to me. Uh, had a had a buddy, my friend Frank, made his way out to San Diego to pick up our Horace. Nice. Um, I got to, I got some surprise Horace. So he he messaged me and he's like, "Hey, tell me all your Horace that you have." And I'm like, "Bro, I swear to God, I have one bottle left." <laughs> and I guess we had three three member bottles that we got, and it's all barrel aged shit. I opened one the other day. Oh shit! What was it called? It was good. Um, it was really good, Tony. It was uh. Because uh, I can just look at my untapped profile. Because I checked in a beer. Holy shit! No, uh, it was weird. called Shikra's Sheik, Crest, um, and it was a Weller Bourbon Barrel Aged Imperial Stout with marshmallow and vanilla. Tony, um, delicious, very good. Uh, had a nice, good Weller actual bourbon taste, uh, along with the you know requisite thickness, as it were. But uh, a tasty offering from them. And one of the, the, the beer I knew he was picking up was the 23-year Pappy non-adjunct, um, which I'm excited to open. I don't know when I'm going to open that, but uh, I'm pumped for it. More importantly, Tony, yes, he correct. picked me up a, like six four-packs of Burgeon, uh, which is awesome. So I got some Clever Kiwi, got some Carlsbad Crush, got some West Coast IPA. So that was pretty cool. Um, Nice, nice haul from from. I think I we weighed down his car pretty bad, but I was. Uh, it wasn't just me. We had. I think he ended up with like. There was a fellow whose whole Horace allotment was there. He had. He had everything. A whole year's worth of beers. He hadn't gone <laughs> once since June of last year and picked up anything. 
So Frank had like four cases of fucking sugar stout. It was crazy. Very funny. Well, I, I picked up uh, a dozen from Bacchus Brewing. They had a sale on that was 20% off plus free shipping. So got to take advantage of that. And I've yeah, gone through yeah. the, the whole range. I've, I've gone from uh, a Castle Brown Ale or a Nitro Kolsch on one end to stuff like their barley wine, um, their, their IPAs, Release of Flying Monkeys. Um, I'm really excited to try the Peanut Brittle Goza, and I've got that in both the standard form and, and the imperial fascinating. and the imperial yeah. form, uh, the Triple Ripple, uh, Snickers mm. and Chocolate Ale, and yes. the one that I think is right up your alley is the complete and utter distillation of s'mores. And unlike most um, small beers that I've seen, it's got a little bit of smoke malt to to sort of mimic the a little um, smoke malt, little chili in there. I saw yeah. it too. How well, I that? actually yeah. think the um, the chili will help sort of mimic the campfireness of the beer if it's done right. I've heard I think that's really good idea. things yeah. of it. So I haven't had any backer stuff. I've heard really good things about it. So I'm very excited to get this order that hopefully arrives tomorrow. So. You know, I actually had a drink that had a chili taste um, that I was surprised about. So Trader Joe's, Tony, has a, uh, uh, a it's not an alcoholic drink. They have a jalapeno limeade yep. that you can buy, uh, and that was good. Um, so I've been mixing that up with a little, uh, I splash a little bit in my, that's a good idea. Uh, I actually go with... Um, uh, a little vodka. You do a little bit of your seltzy. Your not yep. not hard seltzy. Just your Juice normal sparkling water. Sparkling water, and do a little float of this jalapeno limeade, so you don't get it too sweet. Oh, good call. Uh, you're, you're talking a nice little vod- vodka soda lime on there. You know, pretty good. It's delicious. Um, not bad. I like that. It's got a little little teeny pepper heat on the back end. You know, that's good. Um, now one other fun beer thing that happened to me. Uh, so Tony, I'm not sure if I ever brought this up, but, uh, there is a beer festival, uh, in the Midwest every year. It's, it's held in Madison, Wisconsin, and it's pretty old school. Um, you would, the way to get tickets, if you weren't somebody who was from Madison. Now, if you're in Madison, you would go to the breweries like in early in the morning and there's a big line, and they, they allocate a certain amount of tickets to every brewery, and you wait in line, you buy your ticket. Um, but for those of us who did not live in Wisconsin, we would have to send a, uh, a letter, essentially. You would send a check uh, to a certain address, and they would run a lottery with the checks, <laughs> and then they would pick out whoever gets tickets, and then they mail you the tickets. Um, now, I had heard tell that if you weren't living in one of the close bordering Midwestern states, if you weren't in Illinois or Iowa or Minnesota or so on and so forth, you had a much better shot of getting the tickets that um, they allocated a certain amount of tickets just for people who were, who were plant, who were hoping to come from yep. places far away. So they could so have like, you know accommodation, I'm guessing, and, and their local spend versus somebody right. that's just coming in for the day. And it's just a home brewers association that runs this fest. Yep. Um, and, uh, so I, uh, I, I was like, you know what, let's try it. Even though we're out here in Nevada, let's give it a shot. See if that actually holds true. And, and now what, you know, we got it. 
Uh, yes. I saw, I, we haven't gotten the tickets yet. Uh, I did see my check cleared and that's the universal sig- signal that you're going. Um, so we are going to Madison for the great taste of the Midwest, which is one of the, the biggest, best festivals in the country. 190 Midwestern breweries, all your Chicago faves are going to be there. Half acre off color, uh, revolution. And they got three Floyds and they all show up with their big barrel age stuff. Um, you know, I, I used to say, I, typically I'm not a beer fest person, but if you're going to get me into Mickler and this kick-ass one, I'll go, you know, and that <laughs> last one for me to do is that Firestone Walker Invitational, which I always wanted to do, but, um, this will check a, check a big one off the list. So we'll be in Madison in mid August. I'm very excited for this. I, I've been to Madison a handful of times, very fun town. I'm um, going to do some Wisconsin stuff. Tony, I got to drink a brandy old fashioned. That's an awful thing to drink. Um, bleh, bleh. Is it kind of like the told, Malort of, of Madison? It's like sugar is what it is. It's uh, it's it. You know what old fashioned is, right? Yes, Tony? I'm very familiar with an old fashioned. Okay, remove the whiskey. Uh, okay. Put in Cor- Corbell brandy. Oh shit! Uh, I, th- I thought it was still. I thought we were still going to have whiskey as a base with just no. a dash of brandy. Oh no, no 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 no! Just ooh. brandy. Sugar. The cherry, the orange, muddled, the sugar, Ooh. the bitters, Ooh. and then top it up to the top of the glass. You do everything like that, right, normal, and then you fill up the glass to the tippy top with 7-Up. Why not Why not salsa? 7-Up, seven uh, baby, 7-Up. Seven uh, <laughs> it's, it's a straight diabetes right there. It's a... Jesus, That's the way they like it up there. Ugh. It's a, they like brandy shit up there. It's uh, Wisconsin is the number one brandy consuming state by far. Per uh, and all the uh, Corbell brandy, of course, made in California. Um, but they <laughs> ship all of the brandy pretty much to to Wisconsin. I can understand it's it with a, the weather, but at every point, they've made a drink that isn't particularly, at least, appealing to me. Worse. Not sure what weather that's good. Yeah, right. What, what weather that works in, honestly. I, I think in, in cold weather, I think I think brandy has its place where you're looking for something sweet in super cold conditions. So sure. I was thinking Wisconsin winter. Yeah, that that makes sense. But during the summer, no, that sounds I, awful. And with Seven Up, gross. A nip of brandy is one thing. You know, you put your brandy, you get some high-end brandy, you know, in your big-ass snifter, you know, or cognac, um, and you, uh, you you nip on that a little bit in your uh, fucking Hugh Hefner robe, and you, <laughs> you lay in your big trucking chair, and you're good. But mixing in some 7-Up and a maraschino and a, uh, you know, candied orange or whatever, you Give me a break. You know, I ain't good. So I'll probably bypass on. Well, you know what? I'll probably get one just to just to show it to the crew. Yeah, you have um, to. I think you have to try these awful regional things because you never know what's <laughs> going to surprise. See, I thought deep fried ravioli would have been terrible, but from what oh, I, I hear, I love them. Those delicious. Are the best, yeah, those are good, and I like the. Uh, and then there's a, there's a bar called the Old Fashioned, which makes a kick ass bourbon Old Fashioned, but they of course make the Wisconsin analog. Um, and they have a ton of good food. They have, uh, some of the best, like, uh, American style fish and chips you'll ever, you'll ever eat. So American style fish and there. chips. What do you well, mean by that? it's just the same. It just doesn't have the, you know, our chips are different. They're more like a, it's more like an American fry where it's not the I chunky, 
tile of fry, you know, it's just like a I, skin on narrow fry, you know. Yep. Because I was going to say, like, there is a difference between Australian and British uh, fish and chips, but I wouldn't say they're two distinct styles. It's like everything's cooked to the minute in Australia. Um, we don't do the vinegar thing as much. It used to be more a thing. Yeah, um, we do a little bit of that here if you want it, but usually it's just the difference with Wisconsin is just it's going to be lake fish. You know what I mean? It's going to be yep. and the, whatever, the, freshwater the, fish. Oh, freshwater. Terrible. Um, the two big differences with That's Australia. What we got there. It's Midwest. No salt water there. The two big differences with Australian fish and chips is the potato cake. Are you familiar with the potato cake? I don't know. No, but it sounds I would eat that. That sounds okay. good. You, slice, you thinly slice a potato sort of a uh, quarter of an inch thick. Sure, yep. And then you dip that in batter that you would dip the fish in, and then you deep fry mm-hmm. that sucker. So that the potato good. sort of steams. Um, really delicious. Oh, I saw this. Yeah, it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. You showed me these. Yeah. Okay. These um, sound good. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing that I'm sure I've discussed with you, but it, it really does lift it up. And you're going to say, why would you put that? because of its name, but what you've got to understand, it doesn't actually taste like what it says on the, on the outside of the packet, and that is chicken salt. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a, no, but I would eat chicken salt on that. Yeah, yeah. that sounds good. That, that sort of become it's the seasoning savory, of choice. You know, it's just like some extra savoury. Yeah, taste. it is. It's really good on fish and chips. So, Well, uh, I'll be a great taste. if uh, There are, you know, that's one way to get tickets, but, of course, there's usually other sneaky ways to get tickets. So if anybody out there in the midwest wants to get into it i uh i would advise doing it it's supposed to be fun uh so i'm i'm kind of pumped to go to madison the only problem is it was very hard to i can't fly there i have to i just have to fucking fly to chicago and drive so whatever could you have not flown to milwaukee or is chicago closer i don't know i think it's i think it's just as bad it's harder to fly to milwaukee and it's only like 45 minutes closer so just fly to i'll just fly to chicago and Drive the hour and 45 minutes. It's okay. We'll yep. live. And you you would know that route fairly fairly well, I'm guessing, based on... Done it. Done it probably 20... From when I was doing drum corps, probably 100 fucking times. Yep. Um, all right, Tony, why don't we uh, why don't we keep this beer chat going a little bit and hit up our Discord? All right, Tony. We had some. We actually had some activity here, uh, as usual, this week. If it'll uh, open for me, aha. Oh no! Let's see here. Oh yeah, no, it's good. Am I? Am I good? Am I good? I'm here. Yes, you're here. You haven't gone anywhere. You're here. You're still here. Okay. Am I still alive? All right. Oh, that um, I can't speak for. But I can still uh, hear so, you. Our, our poor buddy, not to not to violate HIPAA here, but our old our buddy. Uh, We're in Australia. P-Mac. No such thing as HIPAA. Yeah, no hippos here. Our buddy PMAC got himself a little COVID. Oh, now uh, going. That's been going around lately. Um, yep, it has. I'm going to put he, myself uh, in danger because I'm going to a football game. So nice. Fingers All crossed. Right. First time in uh, almost three years. Said this coffee still tastes good, uh, but he gets to uh, he gets to skip he got to skip voting, so that's cool. Um, uh, but he missed out on the on the snag. Now that's the thing that I didn't talk about with the Australian elections. That when you go to the polling place on the day of voting, I went early, so I didn't get to see this. Most places have a sausage sizzle, and a sausage sizzle Ooh. is just a 
a local community organization can be the Lions Club. It could be a local sporting group. They have a uh, grill set up with some some snags. Always got to have some gr- grilled onions on there for sure, and a piece of like Wonder Bread, like just plain old mm. white sliced yep. bread. Sure. Put the snag in the bread, onion on top. I do not care for the way Bunnings try and put the onion on the bottom and then tomato sauce. Like I'm not a tomato sauce person, but you've got to put ketchup on your snag on election day. The democracy snag has to have tomato sauce and onion and just plain bread. Nothing fancy. It's got to be that way. It's the way God intended. I wish we we got anything like that. All, All we get is feeling bad. That's all we get. Uh, Corey had, had a little, uh, this isn't beer news. It's from a beer company, not really beer news. So we'll just read it here. Uh, Boston beer is launching. Boston beer is launching their cannabis infused iced tea line in Canada. Um, so they got some teapot, non-alk weed tea, uh, in select Canadian provinces starting in July. Can I just say fans? Feel free to get yourself some of that. I know we have a couple Canadian fans, so if you guys like yourself some cannabis-infused tea, get your hands on it. Can I say, this marketing looks terrible. I'm not a fan of this. Yeah, no, it's sort of got a sort of a faux, like a lame sunrays tie-dye type look about it. It doesn't and there's the teapot on there. It's called teapot, and it's got the uh, little weed leaf sticking out of there, which, you know, there's nothing I, – I, I'll be honest, I'm not anti-weed, but the <laughs> weed culture with the weed leaf and shit is so lame, bro. It is so yep. – that whole culture from, like, the late 90s, half-baked culture or whatever. What are you talking about, so, late 90s? This, this goes all the way back to Cheech and Chong, really. It does. Uh, no, I know, but it's just like the weed tattoo and <laughs> you know, all the that? lame fucking corny ass shit where you like are, uh, you know, I don't know, whatever. You get your hemp necklace and you're, I don't know, whatever. Fine, the, you know. This to me is like. It's harmless. There's nothing wrong. Yeah. Like, generally, never harmless. There's no, you know, weed. Guy. It's just like, what you know, it's a whole thing. Yeah, that's not the problem I have. This is, if you can imagine, like 60s aesthetic mixed with Instagram aesthetic. That's what I get from this marketing, and that's what I have the the problem with. I don't know who this is appealing to. Is your grandmother that used to smoke in the 60s going to pick this up, or is a 24-year-old him? influencer wannabe going to pick this up. I don't think either are going to pick it up. I think it's it's terrible. And I can only hope, this is, this is going to sound terrible, but I hope we see the end of the Boston Beer Company. I think <laughs> they, they, they steal. I don't think that's going to happen, dude. I think they're still very wealthy. Oh, for sure. But they steal a lot of oxygen within the beer community without putting anything out of note. If all they ever put out with was a product that they don't, don't sell very much of these days, Sam Adams Boston Lager, um, that'd be fine. But they come up with all this shit and it's like that's not exciting and it's not really relevant, yeah. but it, it uh, takes up that. part of our news cycle. I think they're the great oxygen thieves of the beer community. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really think about them too much, except for when they do something like this. You know, I'm not really, I don't, I don't know when the last time I drank a Sam Adams beer was. Okay, better um, question. When was the last time you drank a Boston Beer Company seltzer? Uh, what, what's their brand, Truly? Yeah. I haven't had a Truly in years. I don't know. Not since last year, at least last March, at least, because I think there you go. Um, More relevant. I think, Brian, I think Brian had a few of them when we were in San Diego, or maybe we bought a few of them. Maybe I think one of us had the lemonades, the Truly lemonades. I had the um, Truly strawberry and watermelon. Was it? Sure. The other day, because that was available. I probably literally fucking talked about that on this podcast. So if anyone wants to go back and figure out what Truly I drank <laughs> a year and a half ago, let me know. If somebody wants um, to do that, they should seek therapy. Yeah, Uh, you could argue that for even listening to this for this long. So this is true. This is too bad, man. Rambling. It is the ramblings of two lunatics. Um, Corey also posted, uh, uh, you can relive the good old days of Rayon Vare, a beer I quite enjoyed, um, by owning Green Flash's equipment, which is for auction. Um, I don't see any bids yet. Are the opening bids are still up? Oh, the bidding doesn't open until the 1st of June, so that's why. Um, but you get all the shit for canning and bot- no, sorry, bot- bottle filling. Oh, and packaging. Damn, this is boring. Uh, <laughs> bottle filling and packaging with a filler packer and palletizer. Oh, hell yeah. That's cool. I can't wait to fill and pack and bottle and palletize my uh, fucking little Euro bottles of Brett IPA that could potentially explode, but will taste good if they're still there. Um, so see it, see it, green flashes equipment. I think all their shit's being brewed at Alpine. If it's being brewed at all. So the website's still up, but yeah, I, I remember when everything was bottled from green flash and that was one of the first beers that I was able to get hold of in Australia. Um, and then West coast IPAs back in the day were really good. Yeah, they were killer. They're straightforward. They're like West Coast IPA. I think it's a fucking call. It was really good. Yeah, really, really good. Yummy. Um, let's jump over to the beer chat line. Um, uh, w Tudes was drinking him up this week. He had a Rewaka juice pants. I actually saw this when I was in Chicago that it was like coming out. Yeah, um, that sounds good. I, I haven't had Rewaka at least not recently enough to remember what it tastes like, but I'm sure it's good. It's a noble hop. With sort of that yeah. hyped up New Zealand character. Now this is marketing I can get behind. I fucking love that label. Looks like a good beer too, but big fan of that that juice pants yeah, label. Juice pants is cool. Um, W2's drinking Pipeworks Pilsner and not sure where it came from. I mean, Pipeworks Pilsner has been around for a long time. It was a favorite of mine. Uh, that's a nice can too, actually. The Pipeworks Pils design i like that but he was drinking some pipeworks pills a beer that i'm very familiar with now can i just say w2 big fan of the um the cardboard coaster um that's cool yeah yeah to sit the beer on uh something that we don't see a lot of these days in pubs next time i see a cardboard coaster i'm gonna steal some bring them back for home use now did you ever play the um coaster flicking game was that a thing no that's a new one to me what's that you put the coaster on the edge of the table sort of half on half off and then using the back of your hand you put it underneath the coaster and your job is to 
flick it up and then catch it in one motion without like mm. the coaster getting any sort of height. It's kind of like the coin okay. in the elbow trick, if you know the where you put the the quarter on your elbow or and then you try and catch it. Same idea. You have a few drinks and then you see how many coasters you can catch after you've had a few beers. Okay. That that's the whole game. It's All just right, a, right, a game okay. to pass time in mean, a pub. It's like a it's like a quarters game or something. Yeah. That's 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 yep. worth it. Yeah. Um, Max Allotment drinking some Senorita Margarita from Cape May. A kettle sour, strawberry, peach, and lime. Nice dose of salt. How good uh, does that good. thing look? Looks like a nice, nice color. Pretty color on that. Yeah. Nice looking can design. Nice day outside. Not bad from uh, Max Allotment. Um, anything else floating around? Oh yeah, this one, Corey, our buddy Corey. Uh, Arby's, our the gang over at Arby's. Uh, you guys don't have Arby's over there, do you? I love the mystery meat um, idea of Arby's, but um, yeah, I don't know about this product that Arby's are going to go into, and that is its first yeah. burger, but not just yeah, any Arby's kind of. Has its first burger, but um. And it says it's doing it sous vide, which does, uh, yep, in vacuum sealed bags and hot water baths. So that is m- giving me big rando vibes. Yes. Uh, um, in the big bag of meat. Uh, if anyone ever heard that story from the, our, our boy rando. Um, so they are getting this meat in bags as well. But why does it need to be Wagyu? Can't it just be mystery meat? Um, like sous vide, there are. Great uses for sous vide, but burgers ain't one of them. Like, why try and reinvent the wheel? Just, like, smash it out, do what everybody else is doing. Be one of the crowd, but be one of the crowd that does it the best. Don't try and reinvent the wheel. It's only 52% Wagyu. It's 48% mystery beef, I think. Um, So you got that going for you. Uh, I did watch Bill Oakley's review of this. Bill Oakley, the former Simpsons showrunner. And he said it was pretty mediocre. So, any um, any relation to Charles Oakley? But uh, you know what? If, if there is, it's not. I can't see it in his face, anyways. So uh, okay. he may. Just, they just may, so check. may not be. Yeah. I wonder if they're both allowed yeah. in Madison Square Garden yet. <laughs> I know one of them isn't. Uh, you guys guess which one? It's, uh, it's Bill because of his critique on the. Uh, he didn't on like the, fast the food. Um. Uh, now we. Oh yeah, this is good. We had some monkeypox issues. Um, we got monkeypox out here. Do you guys have monkeypox? I do not have monkeypox, but I have heard the panic because we all know I'm big into the uh, debunking of Alex Jones, and that is the current the current narrative that uh, Alex Jones is pushing that that monkeypox is becoming a huge thing in the US. And may I just say. That was interesting to watch him try and push that that bullshit. But I have to give a shout-out to a podcast that not many people listen to, but I think anybody that has a fascination with the American right conspiracy podcast need to listen to at least these episodes, and that Mm -hmm. is the Knowledge Fight podcast. And they spend a lot of time debunking Alex Jones. The issues of note, though, are the formulaic, formulaic arguments episodes and they just released one on Wednesday and it's absolutely phenomenal and all I do is 
take the depositions um, from Alex Jones staff members and they analyse it. And it's amazing to see the grift that Alex Jones has going on yeah. and you can see how flimsy his narratives are. Yes, monkey pops, pox is a thing, but it's not a big thing to worry about unless you're in the areas of risk. And I'm not just talking about geographical areas, but working in the areas of risk. Not a big sure. thing to worry about from what I understand. Well, apparently it likely spread uh, through sex at two raves in Europe. And uh, I, I, I'm Corey does mention that maybe the Nicolier Fest uh, could have been, I don't, I don't remember a rave going on. Um, there was a goofy brass band. Uh, that was about it. They were wearing jumpsuits. And there was the man playing the flute. Careless, careless whisper on the recorder or whatever the hell. But um, I don't think anybody, nobody at this thing looked like they were having much sex. So I'm not really too, I wouldn't be too concerned about that. Uh, we will skip, we will skip that one. Uh, W2's had some bad betting as usual. So sorry about that. Oh, uh, he did have a good bet. He had a five team parlay plus 877 on the five team baseball parlay. Uh, congrats on that one. Tampa Bay race uh, uh, on the 16th. Uh, oh, no, not the Rays. And I think that is about it for this week, Tony. Why don't we move on to the logger of the week? We we will certainly do that. Um, shout out to, I didn't see who gave the donation, but I know we received a donation. Oh, it was oh. Corey. Thank you to Corey for his donation this week. If you want to donate to us, and you can therefore join the Discord. You can donate to us. It's ko-feed.com slash Beer Engine Podcast. But saying co, it, it's KO. It's ko-fi.com yeah. slash Beer Engine Podcast. You know and by then, now. Uh, if you- Griff's Logger of the Week. Griff's Logger of the Week. I feel like there needs to be an ooh in there, so I did it live. Griff's Logger of the Week is brought to you by our Discord channel. If you want to join our Discord channel, send us a uh, note on Instagram or an email. We will send you the link to join our Discord, uh, and you can hang out with us and participate. My Logger of the Week this week, Tony, is the logger I just got very fresh from the gang over at Virgin. It is the Clever Kiwi has a picture of one of them little funny birds y'all got down there. We don't um, have any of those birds. That's New Zealand. Yeah, I thing. know. Yeah, it's a, but they're close. You're closer to them than I am. Yeah, we have um, emus. You have emus, and, and yeah. neither of them look like they have any sort of arms or wings or anything. They're very silly looking Correct. birds. Both flightless. Um, both flightless. Both, um, uh, the kiwi. You know, they remind me that they have a. For some reason, they remind me a little bit of quail. We have a lot of quail around here who have the funny kind of beak shape. The way I would um, explain it to somebody who who doesn't know how to Google image search a kiwi, it's like a quail mixed with a porcupine. It is. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, this one is a Nelson hopped pilsner born out of our access to incredible hops of Nelson and matched with our passion to explore hops just beyond making killer IPAs. It's the approach to Keller Pills, a German-style Pilsner. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it has a slight... It does have a little haziness to it. It's um, 
uh, delicious, super bright and hoppy pills with a lot of Nelson. So it's got that little bit of tropical fruit taste to it. Ah, I love it. Yes. It's a big winner. That was a great one. Tony, you drinking lager this week? I'm not drinking any lager, but I am drinking other beer. So we'll get on to beer of the okay. week. Plink, plunk, plink, plunk, plunk, And that's the nope. uh, wrong theme song. <laughs> that was for this or that. Oops. I've already got it up, so we don't need to play that whole theme song. There you go. I, hit, I opened the can and everything. There you go. Nice. Live Foley. I love it. Now, this is a beer that I may have um, mentioned before because it's a beer that I've had sitting in my fridge for a little while. Because it is a fruited sour, I was able to let it sit for a little while. I ordered it around Christmas time. Um, just consumed the second bottle now. It's Decadence by... Our friends at Deeds, it's part of their, their wild sure. series. Um, I'll give you the details um, and then we'll go into the uh, – we'll play a mini game of Untrapped. Um, All right. It's a three-barrel blend of mixed culture beers that are aged in French oak for 12 months, then macerated on boysenberries for six months at a rate at 570 grams per litre. So a, a shit tonne of fruit. That's over – a pound of fruit per litre. All right. So um, there are 66 check-ins. Did you want to take a guess? Well, it's sure, a we'll fruited, fruited sour, and it comes in at 4.8 ABV and zero IBUs. 4.8 mm. ABV. Let me give this one a 4.09. I cannot give that to you. You missed it by a bee's dick. It's 4.20. Wow. Okay. I thought the alcohol, sometimes the alcohol drags it down. but It, it was so fruit forward and even at this point, sort of, what are we, five months in from when it was brewed, um, it just drank so clear in the boysenberry. It wasn't like it was a candy nice. boysenberry. It was straight up boysenberry, had the right acidity, great blend. Um, it was a small bottle. They... they cost of the right amount for what they are it was decadent it was worth the money and yeah an amazing fucking beer what about you griff what was your beer of the week i think i'm sticking with burgeon this one's crazy good it's called simcoe side um it has simcoe simcoe cryo chinook and centennial i'm not getting any cat piss off of this thing it's delicious uh six and a half percent west coast ipa simple as simple can be Cool can has pictures of various places in Oceanside on it. That is a cool can. Uh, I like it. It's a delicious beer. And Virgin, you guys are killing it right now. When was this canned? What do we got here? 5, 10, 22, eh, about two weeks ago. Hitting its stride. Tastes great. Um, and, uh, you know, the stout I drank with from Horace, honorable mention. I already talked about it, though. So yep. uh, don't want don't to go back into the well. With that one, ha, the well, that's funny. Um, <laughs> well, you are going Tony, to be down there because you needed to yeah, nail it. down here. Send me some of this stuff. Um, Tony, why don't we jump into Hyper Beer Nerd Dork Shit News? We, we can certainly do that as long as I actually find the right jingle this time rather than the wrong one. Hyper Beer Nerd Dork Shit News. All right, let's do this one first since it relates to it. This is a new news story. Um Miller Lite launches beer-flavored charcoal. Mmm. <laughs> mmm. 
Now, uh, while Ad Age uh, very slowly loads its page here. You are not um, wrong. I clicked on that link earlier, and I think it's still trying to load. Uh, they're calling it beer coal, uh, charcoal infused with a great taste of Miller Lite. Uh, oh, I won't be reading this because I have to subscribe to do something. Yes. Uh, um, so I don't I but do if not you wait give a on shit that, enough. If you wait on that page, um, it will pop up an ad that's full page. So it's up to you whether you want to, like, stay on that page. But this sounds like a terrible idea. Who wants beer-flavoured, like, stuff? Unless it's, like, you, you're poaching some brats or something, you know, in, like, a 50-50 yeah, mix jug. You know, I saw something where um, a couple of hot dog places had must have hooked up with Old Style and they were making, uh, they were uh, uh, cooking up the dogs, the Chicago dogs in the, in the Old Style and then, and then griddling them up and throwing them on the, uh, on the bun there. And that sounded good. Yeah. You know, I, I don't agree. know how much beer is getting in. I don't know how much beer is getting into it, but I, you know, I'd go, I'd go after that. That sounds fine. Can I tell you what but, it does? Um, Cause I've, I've done this before. All it does is it adds a little bit more sugar to the dog. So when you grill yeah, them. Yeah, a little sweet. Well, yeah. it caramelizes nicer. You get a nice, like, right. you not only get the snap, but you get a little bit of, like, grill flavor more than you would traditionally. Um, so I'm a big fan so of here, that. I, I, hit, I, hit up, I hit up the gang over at Food and Wine. Let's see what they say. Proponents of charcoal grilling say that the, the cooking method infuses more flavor into, into your barbecue. Well, that but it doesn't true. stop there. Charcoal itself can be infused with flavors that hopefully get imparted to your food. Mm. Options range from simple additions like mesquite and applewood to more complicated concoctions like the spice-infused briquettes that Kingsford launched earlier this year. Uh, with Memorial Day around the corner, it's Monday, Tony. Um, Miller Lite has taken that idea and run with it to a potentially ridiculous extreme. Miller Lite Beer Coal. The first ever Miller Lite infused charcoal that turns Miller time into griller time. What? Um, not too good with that. Now, um, can I just I wonder go if on it, it told you? Yeah, the original Lite brand says they start with actual Miller Lite. Oh, well, yeah. And that is reduced down to a concentrate that is then used to coat the charcoal. This That's is some it. bullshit. Now, I understand the value in different woods for burning proper wood when when you're smoking. There are plenty of different sure. compounds within mm -hmm. wood to add flavour. When you're looking at charcoal, charcoal at the end of the day is fucking charcoal. It is a yeah. carbonised form of wood. There is no difference between all the different flavours of charcoal. You do get a different flavour with charcoal, but that's the charcoal when it interacts with fat and then gives off volatile compounds when the fat sure. hits the flame and that flame then hits the meat. It's not about Magic. smoke flavour. It really works. But infusing charcoal with Miller Lite um, syrup is just <clears throat> some fucking bullshit. Get the cheapest lump charcoal you can find. It does a delicious job cooking with charcoal. Phenomenal, phenomenal way to cook. But don't buy into the marketing bullshit. Yeah, I gotta agree. Um, I like a I like a charcoal. You know, I, I used to have a gas grill um, back in Chicago. Nothing here because I have a balcony, so really not feeling like burning down our uh, here townhome there. But uh, 
you know, charcoal does have more taste. It, it tastes better. So yep. just do that and that'll that'll get you there. I know Hank um, Hill isn't a fan, but um, he's a cartoon character, so. He is a cartoon character with no ass and a narrow <laughs> urethra. So, um, he is, so, you know, maybe take that for what it's worth, huh? Uh, <laughs> I feel like he right. was modeled off Donald Trump. I don't know whether anybody that has picked up on this, but if you put like the no ass thing with the way Donald Trump walks, they, they're kind of very similar. Maybe. I, I actually think Hank Hill is not, would not have been a Trump uh, voter for the record. So No, I was just talking his uh, physical appearance, physical, but physical would he have appearance. voted for, for Lauren Bobert? That is a bigger question. No, I don't think so. I think he would have been a, uh, well, cause he loved Ann Richards. Uh, if you, if you'll recall. So I cannot um, recall my knowledge of King of the Hill does not go that deep. And Richards, the Democratic former first woman governor, I think of uh, of Texas, but um, he also had his and his dog was named Ladybird. Also, that's true, Ladybird Johnson. Yeah. So, anyways, Tony, here's some actual beer news about beers. Um, Maui Brewing has bid to purchase Modern Times. What did it bid? One dollar. To add capacity and deepen their mainland roots. This is from Kate Bernat, former writer at the Red Eye Chicago, now of Good Beer Hunting. Maybe not my favorite site, but I do like her. I think she's good at this. Um, So with the goal of rapidly adding production capacity and expanding a sales foothold in the mainland U.S., uh, Hawaii's Maui Brewing Company has announced it intends to purchase San Diego's Modern Times at auction for an undisclosed sum. Could be a dollar. Rescuing the beleaguered California brewery from financial receivership. The move gives Maui a plug-and-play addition to its expanding operation, including logistics and infrastructure already in place through modern times, multiple locations, and relationships uh, with distributors and retail locations. So it looks like they would continue to brew some modern times beers, but also start brewing some Maui beers. Here in the mainland, Maui does make good beer. Yes, I um, do. Maui makes an excellent Imperial coconut porter and a barrel-aged coconut porter that are uh, famously delicious. They're yummy. Now, this is uh, a stalking horse bid. I read that from the article, different article right, than yep. you. Um, I'm reading Kendall Jones's article on Washington Beer Blog. Uh, but it sort of makes sense. If Maui can take their existing portfolio and trim down modern times to a key range of half a dozen beers, let's say, you you then get the advantage of, of, of name recognition with modern times and the, the brewing power that that new facility in mainland United States gives you. I, th- I think it's I think it's a smart a smart business offer um, if they're the successful bidder. Um, I think Maui there's still was plenty the of time. Forty third largest group BA defined craft brewery by production volume fifty five th- oh sixty two thousand barrels. And Modern Times was the 48th largest at 53,000 barrels. Um, yep. So you, I think what you would do is you'd have your core range with Modern Times. You'd continue pumping out their barrel-aged stuff, which is by far their best stuff. And uh, you would then have the Maui um, sort of portfolio that you could also produce some amount out of, which is good. Um, yep. So I... Uh, you know, think that's cool. I don't know. That sounds like a nice, 
result for, for everybody, yeah, to be fair. I, think, <laughs> I don't know. I think rather than con- contracting the industry, I think this gives the a brewery a, t- a chance with a solid business case to actually expand um, into mainland USA because from what I understand, Maui's main sales are still on the islands of Hawaii. Um, so um, it'll be it'd be a, a good business case for them to expand because they certainly have the quality of beer that um, would serve the mainland American portfolio quite well. They sell their beer. You can get their beers here. I um, realise that, but... Also- but oh yeah, right. No, I get it. They probably sell a lot more in Hawaii. They also sell their beers on uh, Alaska Airlines. Yep, um, and that's cool because <laughs> those are good. But uh, what it does, it, it allows them to use distribution lines that modern times is set up with with the resellers, mm-hmm. and they don't have the air freight costs of of bringing them from Hawaii. They're using a mainland facility. We, we don't get it much here, or, or really ever. So I would love to have a, the occasional Maui you know, appearance. I think there's, I mean, those are nice beers. Yep. Um, pretty straightforward portfolio in general, but they have a couple like little bits and pieces that I think are really tasty. But isn't um, that what you want from a brewery of that size? Like the problem with modern times is they had 30 different thousand skews, including coffee that didn't have anything like, a, there was no business model behind it. Have a core range, have a core business model that you can sell to everybody and, and their, their core beers were often the worst things <laughs> um they need to they need to clean up their core beers and and then and then have their offshoots like you know kind of more in a revolution model right yep. where you're punching out your core beers that are good and then you're throwing over you throw some of them barrel aged beers over the fence that's what you really want to get at with modern times and probably cut just cut your volume back you know so let maui add you know 30 40 a uh, thousand barrels and then modern times cuts back to 20, you know, so you're not yep. just dumping out fucking bubble party seltzer that nobody wants, you know? <laughs> um, all right, Tony, it's time for a game. Uh, I have a little game for us. It's a, uh, it's a little fun game of, uh, this or that. Oh, let me go and find that. Cause you didn't have it in the show notes. I've got to find whether this or that. Theme Oops. Song is. Oops. So, so just vamp while I find this or that. There we go. You accidentally played the this or that theme earlier, so we're good. Um, all right, Tony. I'm going to Wisconsin in a couple uh, in a couple months here. I felt inspired by the people of Wisconsin and the you know the amount of getting drunk they do. Um, so I put together a little this or that game and. Uh, in this game, Tony, you're going to have to tell me if these beers came from Wisconsin or if they came from Wisconsin's neighbor to the south, the uh, fine state uh, of Illinois by the rivers gently flowing, <laughs> Illinois. So I have five Jesus. beers here. Some of them are your big beers that you are going to be. These are going to be beers you have heard of. We have talked about in almost all of these beers on yep. this show. So these are beers that you will have some familiarity with. Uh, this is what you're trying to name is where was this beer brewed? Okay. So who cooked, who cooked it, fermented it, put it in a can or a bottle for that matter. So the very first one I'm going to give you, uh, this one, uh, is, this is a classic. Uh, we've, we've, we've talked about it, made fun of this many times. 
This one is the Not Your Father's Root Beer. Oh. Uh, remember this shit, Tony? I do. Uh, yeah. Not Your Father's Root Beer is, and, you know, it was very temporarily extremely popular um, as a drink that just tasted like very sugary root beer. Um, but it's alcohol. Uh, it's like 6%. Um, and uh, it is brewed is created by a brewery by the name of Small Town Brewery. I think this is a that. I think this is from Benny the Bull territory. I don't think this is from, from Cheesehead Country. You don't think – I think it's Bango the Buck or Benny the Bull. And you're going with Benny the Bull. I am going with Benny the Bull. A little bit of a trick question on this one, Tony, unfortunately for you. Uh, this one is brewed in Wisconsin. Uh, but, Tony, it was invented in Illinois. Uh, it was created in a town called Wakanda, Illinois, initially. That question sucks balls. That brewery was purchased. That tiny brewery that made, like, a bucket of fucking root beer was purchased by who else but the gang over at Pabst Blue Ribbon, who, uh, instead of brewing that beer at their facility in San Antonio, Texas, moved it to their craft production that occurs in La Crosse, Wisconsin. And I did have to find all of this shit out. So uh, it, this game was very hard to research, by the way, to figure out where these fucking beers are made. Um, all right, next one. How about this one? Oh, this is this is relevant to the world today. This is from the gang over at Guncraft. Remember them, Tony? No. Guncraft is the brewery that makes a bunch of beers named after guns. Oh. And things like Second Amendment Ale and shit. Yep. Well, this one's their M4 Amber Ale. But their whole line is... They don't make any of the one beers in different places or anything. So their whole line. But we'll, I just picked one. M4 Amber Ale. They also have some kind of assault rifle beer. It's fucked up. So, Tony, are the Guncraft beers brewed in Wisconsin or Illinois? Oh, this feels like it's more a David Clark thing. Remember him, Sheriff David Clark? Yeah, oh yeah. So I'm mm. going to say this is not in Milwaukee proper. This is in some podunk fucking suburb in you're Wisconsin. Thinking like a, uh, you're thinking like a, like a uh, Sheboygan. Yes. Or something, yeah, or maybe like a, a Appleton. Um Tony's bad news. This oh. one, uh, the guys over at Guncraft are from Lake Barrington, Illinois, but they brew their beers over at Church Street Brewing in Itasca, Illinois. So, oh for two. I know. Doesn't that sound like something that would happen in Wisconsin? Yeah, and not for outside sure. Of- yeah, I, I agree. That's why I picked that one. Um, next up, oh, how about this one, Tony? Tony, this one is called Fib Cage. Um, Tony, are you familiar with the term fibs? Not like a lie, but no, like a, I'm not. A fib stands for a fucking Illinois bastard. <laughs> and this one is a, it's called Fib Cage, and the brewery is called Fibs Brewery. Okay. And it actually 
I believe it stands for what I said it stands for. <laughs> so Fibs, Fib Cage by Fibs Brewery, fucking Illinois bastards. Uh, oh. Where is this made, Wisconsin or Illinois? It has to be Wisconsin, right? It has to be. Can't be. Right. Like their own state taking a, a tilt at their own state, surely. Yeah, <laughs> log it in. Or could it be? It well, could Tony, be. Uh, you are wrong. That one is made in Des Plaines, Illinois, by some people who live in Illinois. Uh, now, whether they are, I don't know anything about these people, but they it, they make a beer and they have a brewery called Fibs. It has Abraham Lincoln on the brewery. And uh, yeah, you have a beer called Fib Cage. It's a Kolsch. It's probably not very good. That's really stupid. And I did this to Kelly. I told Kelly this, and she's like, what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> so that's really stupid, but it's wrong. So you're 0 for 3, Tony. Let's keep plugging along. This one, This one's tough for you. I get it. How about this one? You'll like this one. Uh, this one is the Big Hurt Beer. Tony, the Big Hurt beer. Remember the Big Hurt? You fell on your ass in front of him or on your face or something. In front of his car, uh, yes. In front of his car, Big Hurt beer. Did you want to know uh, what the, kind of car that was? Did you want to take a guess at what the Big I Hurt would was driving? I would say that was like a Hummer of some, or something like that. Wrong. Hum- it, it is a Ro- Rolls Royce. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I thought he would go more like a shack. He's a big feller, so I don't know he, if he is. Either. That's why he was uh, buying his shit at the big man store <laughs> in Las Vegas. <laughs> big and tall. Yeah, the big hurt beer. This was like a, I, you know, I'm not going to pull this up, but it was like a seven percent lager of some kind, and it had a kind of a corny logo on it, and it came in big cans. So, big hurt beer was that brewed in Illinois or Wisconsin? <laughs> I'm gonna say. Like, logic says that you've got to pick a Wisconsin beer soon, but I have to say this is an Illinois beer. I have to because he's one of the great Cubs of all time. Uh, He played for the White Sox, Tony, of course. Of course. Um, As I said, one of the biggest (laughs) Cubs of all time. Right. They're the same team, uh, right? His – the Big Hurt beer, Big Hurt had his sports bar there in Berwyn, Illinois, but unfortunately he made his beer at the Minhas Craft Brewery up there somewhere in Wisconsin. Fuck uh, off. <laughs> I did not stand a chance. Yeah, no, you're fucked at this one. Um, how about this one? This one's a this one's a straightforward one. Well, it's not because you. This is actually the one beer we've never we've never really thought about. Um, all right, Tony, this one, this beer is called Loki's Pills. It's a 3.2% pills, and it is brewed at a brewery called Stockholms. And it is in a town called Geneva. Geneva. Mm-hmm. Can then, can I have a third option then? Can it be- it's not Switzerland. Oh. It's not brewed at Geneva, Swiss Air Geneva, no. Geneva doesn't Neutral. sound like a Wisconsin thing. Like Sheboygan sounds like a Wisconsin name, but Geneva sounds mm-hmm. like a more Illinois kind of area. So I'm going to go Illinois. Illinois. All right. 
Tony, there, of course, is Lake, famous Lake Geneva in Wisconsin. But this one you got right because this one is brewed in Geneva, Illinois. Loki's Pills at Stockholm's Brewery, one of the most uh, accurately appreciated breweries in Illinois. Uh, it's bad and nobody <laughs> likes it. So, Good perfect. to know. No problem. So it's one for Tony. He's on the board. He's one yes. for five. One for four. No, one for five. One for five, baby. One for five. Next up, this one is from the gang over at Old Style. It's the Old Style Oktoberfest. <sighs> Old Style Beer. G. Highland Brewing Old Style Oktoberfest type. Mm. <laughs> like, that's so straightforward that I have to go... Wisconsin, so that's where I'm going. I think um, I think Bango's um, drinking here. So Bang, yeah, Bango, Bango the Buck with a big old style Oktoberfest. Yep, Tony, of course, old style is is uh, famous at Wrigley Field uh, as a Cubs fans' favorite shit beer. Old style is owned by the Pabst Blue Ribbon Company, and most of their beer is brewed. At the Pabst facility in San Antonio, Texas. But is it the same as the other one? Oktoberfest was brewed at their Milwaukee brewery in Wisconsin. So old style Oktoberfest, a small batch beer they made at their craft facility in Milwaukee. Two for six, Tony. Here you go. Next up, this this is a unique one. Uh, this one is called Sipes, S-E-I-P-P-S, Extra Pale Pills. And it is brewed by Conrad Sipes Brewing Company. Okay. This has big old school vibes about it to me. This is why yeah. I like this one. For whatever reason, I could say that like being in a 50s beer commercial. And I feel like every beer in the 50s came out of Milwaukee. So I'm going to go back to the well. I think this is a Wisconsin beer, and I think it has like a 50s commercial to it. Sipes is an old-school beer brand. Uh, Unfortunately, it is uh, rooted in Chicago. Uh, It was recently revived by Conrad Sipes. Fuck if I know. Great Great uncle, nephew, niece. I don't fucking know. But one of those people that's distantly related to Conrad Sipe um, invigorated this brand and is contract brewing the beers with Metropolitan Brewing in Chicago. So um, I'm sure this beer is actually yummy. <laughs> uh, brewing it, but you get that one wrong. That That's a Chicago one. It does feel like a Wisconsin one, doesn't yeah. it? That's why I like all right, couple left here. We got three left. Uh, this one, here's a good one. This one's called the River West Stein Beer. It's by Lakefront Brewing. River West Stein Beer by Lakefront Brewing. This is um, this is where it gets confusing with like all your different lakes in your area. We got lakes. 
both of the both of those places have lakes. Don't worry about that. We got lakes. Um, now Wisconsin's got the you know Wisconsin's got a lot of Germans, but as you know from looking at me and see knowing who I am and me, uh, Illinois uh, happens to have its share of Germans as well. Um, Wisconsin's got cows. Illinois less cows, but still the occasional cow. Mm. Um, you know, uh, but yeah, I, I would say the biggest difference is uh, Wisconsin's got them Lutherans. Floating about. How does that help me with this question, though? That's what I want to know. He was German. Martin Luther was German, right? If I recall. That is correct, but that doesn't actually help me with this question because you you said both places have German um, ancestry. They they got they got more Dems up there. They got got more of us. More of us are floating. Milwaukee. They got sausage. They got. I see what you're doing here. This is definitely an Illinois beer. Lock it in. I see what you're doing. You're trying to push me towards Wisconsin to try and mess me up. Yeah. Illinois, though. That's right. No, no, yeah. I was trying to push you Wisconsin, but uh, actually so you could get it right, because this one is made by Lakefront Brewing, which has an all-time awesome tour um, there along the lake, uh, not far from the lake anyways, in Milwaukee. Tony, that's a great tour because they give you these two tokens for your beers at the end of the tour. And the, the bartenders are like, do not give me that token. <laughs> and they just try to get you mega fucked, um, which is kind of cool. So you get that one wrong. That's in Milwaukee. Uh, that's Bango territory, baby. Yep. Uh, we got two left. This one, speaking of cows, uh, this one is from the gang over at Harry Cow Brewery. <laughs> Harry Cow. Um and it's an IPA called American Harry. Like, mm. is it Harry as in hair or Harry as in like... Harry as in hair on your head. Okay. Like, you give too much hair, you're hairy. I think this is Wisconsin then, because if it was like um, Harry Carey, or whatever his name is, the uh, White Sox mm. announcer. That <laughs> deliberately... He was the White Sox. Actually, was the White Sox oh. announcer before he was the Cubs announcer. <laughs> Yes. Funny enough. Nailed it. Um, mm, yeah, I still say Wisconsin. Hairy cow. There are a lot of cows in Wisconsin. You said that earlier. I agree. There are. There are a big dairy country up there in Wisconsin, but this one, unfortunately, is made <laughs> in Byron, Byron, Illinois. Jesus. Where there is a, there is a nuclear facility there in Byron, so you might be getting a little – the Geiger counter might be going off at this American hairy – IPA. I'm actually. I'd never heard of this brewery before, so I'm actually curious about um, these beers. Um, not that I'll. Not that you could find my ass in Byron, Illinois, anytime soon. Um, this one is a 3.81. Uh, there's a big fucking American flag on this beer, which gives. I can't look at. <laughs> This is a bad sign that I can't look at the American flag without being like, ooh, is this a racist thing? <laughs> um, uh, hop-heavy style responsible for sparking the craft beer craze, Tony. A light caramel malt flavor pays, plays backbone to several American New World hop varieties. Less bitter than many West Coast examples. I mean, this looks fine. 3.81. Fine. Uh, Byron, Illinois, what is it? 7.9%. Holy shit. <laughs> Fuck you up with this right here. 
Um, all right, so you get that one wrong. Tony, the last one. Tony, you're going to love this. The final listing. Wisconsin or Illinois. Tony, good luck on this one. It's the Mamma Mia pizza beer. <laughs> I should know this. I have a feeling it's Illinois. I feel like we spoke about it because it was Illinois. But something that terrible, the home of David Clark, Sheriff David Clark, it could be a Wisconsin thing. It's terrible art too, and as, as good art ever come out of Milwaukee. I don't think so. It's a top part. I'm going to say it's an Illinois beer because I think that's why we got onto it. So, yeah. Tony, Tom Seaforth and his his gang of uh, weird freaks uh, made their beer. Uh, he, Tom Seaforth is a native of the St. Charles area in, uh, in Illinois, of course. Unfortunately, uh, in in the uh, in the middle in the thriving days of the Mamma Mia pizza beer, when he graduated out of dipping a Neapolitan pizza into a big bucket, uh, he was making this beer at the Sprecher Brewing Company in Glendale, Wisconsin. Jesus, is this my worst game ever? I really <laughs> did terribly. I, I have you got. Two for ten. You got old style <laughs> Oktoberfest, and you got the Stockholm's pills. That was um, terrible. Yeah, that was a tough one. I I kind of knew this was going to be tricky. Um, I, also because I worked hard on it, which usually means that it's going to fuck you up. Um, my favorite one that I couldn't do because I learned about the Pabs thing was Lone Star, um, which is the famous beer from texas yeah because uh, i was like oh they i mean pabst owns all these brands they're brewing all these in milwaukee now but then i learned that they're actually brewing them all in texas so <laughs> your schlitz your old style your fucking um Stroh's and rainier and all your like regional little beer brands are all getting brewed in texas and just shipped out you know um so very silly uh hams is in there Sucks, but whatever. Tony, tough game for you, but I think uh, you know what we're, we'll get you back in the well next week. Hey, yep. for this or that, you don't. I mean, I don't. We didn't ever come up with a punishment, so you're just <laughs> chilling. You know, just fucking, you just feel bad about it. Nice. Um, you don't have, you know, you could drink some. You know, we can make you drink some flaming hot Mountain Dew uh, or something. But but even that doesn't know. sound like a penalty. It does. It is pretty bad though. Um, <laughs> But Kelly took one. Kelly was texting me from <laughs> while I was doing the show. I was like, "That's bad." I'm drinking. That. All, right. All right, Tony. Why don't we wrap this thing up? Why don't you tell people where they can find us? I can. You can find us individually um, on. I was about to say beer untapped, but just untapped. <laughs> not just beer untapped, not, but untapped. Not wine untapped. Not not Mountain Dew untapped. We're going beer. Now, Griff and I have both got some big um, shipments coming in, so look forward to those those shipments being ch- checked in over the next few weeks. He's Griff AD on Untapped, which is clear to his branding. I've gone a little bit more abstract. I'm St. Moz on Untapped. Um, hit us up there. Um, I, 
I, I forget to check my message, got to be honest, on Untapped. But you'll see the beers that we're checking in. But you can also my follow messages. us on Instagram. We are at Beer Engine Pod, and that's where we post uh, photos of our beers. Um, you can send us an email, beerengineshow at gmail.com. If you want to be like Corey, you can give us a donation at Ko-Fi, and the address there is ko-fi.com forward slash beer engine podcast. Um, every little dollar ha- helps because somebody's got to pay for these Mountain Dew bills and not for the cost of the Mountain Dew. We found out that was quite cheap, but the therapy that Kelly will need to do <laughs> to maintain her sanity because of this terrible yeah. beverage. Um, and that goes on top of the therapy she has to do to sort of just keep Life moving along with me. I mean, God knows what that's like. Um, Tony, real quick before we go, let's let's look at some reviews of Mamma Mia Pizza Beer. Mike at the Congo River Miniature Golf says retro. He checked this in on, lo and behold, October 30th, 2021. Uh, a recent check-in of Mamma Mia Pizza Beer. Uh, here is Chicago K in Edison Park. I had this years ago and wish I hadn't. Still at the picture, though. Uh, half a star. Uh, oh, here's a good one. I don't even know what he's talking about. Dave W., Feb 23, 2018. Previously checked in on Beer Genie. <laughs> what the fuck is Beer Genie? <laughs> Got half a, half a star on this one. And we have one five star. Nicole S., this beer will have my pizza, have a pizza, my heart forever. Five stars. Uh, so the Mamma Mia pizza beer, a comeback, still do. Hadn't talked about it in a while. I'm glad we got to bring that back. Uh, all right, gang. I think that's enough for us. Why don't we head out of here, Tony? Anything else? No, it's, I'm glad that election season is over. Looking forward to the NBA draft. Oklahoma City have the number two pick, so they'll get whoever's left out of um, out of Chet Holmgren and um, Parker Jr., whatever his name, Japari. Parker Jr. Yeah, that fellow's skinny, huh, that Chet Holmgren? That's a yep. skinny summer right there. Yeah, I'll go see him in the summer league. It'll be great. All right, gang, talk to you next week. Bye-bye.